0: what's up hockey authority fans today i have a pretty awesome episode as i'm having on james boyd the general manager of the ottawa 67th in the OHL, and the upcoming 2021 team candle world junior team it's pretty awesome sit back relax grab some popcorn let's get into it how's it going everybody lucas halton here from hockey Thelty. today i'm be joined james boyd the general manager of Hockey Canada World Junior for the upcoming tournament and the Ottawa 67s. James, how's it going today?
1: It's going well, Lucas. we got a busy week here. We're prepping to travel to Calgary on Wednesday morning, of course, for the uh, uh, the first uh, t- on-A sessions with the World Junior team and the tryouts there. And then, uh, you know, pr- still trying to prepare for the tournament. And we got the 67s as well uh, that are, uh, practicing this week. So it's a busy, uh, busy time for sure.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So getting into it, how did the opportunity kind of come about for you to be a general manager at the Royal Juniors?
1: Well, as a member of the, the program of excellence management group kind of came about through experience, you know, I've been working with hockey Canada for a number of years. I was uh, part of the general manager's committee in the Ontario hockey league. And then I was provided opportunity to participate as a team lead at the under seventeen. Uh, Uh, level and then uh, progressed uh, you know to through the general managers group to help the under 18s and now uh, kind of the uh, the pinnacle is working with the under 20 group. so I've been involved with the program of excellence for a number of years here both identifying players and helping uh, at the different international events so uh, this opportunity came about uh, you know over the last year uh, and I jumped at the opportunity because it's uh, it's a thrill to be working with this age group
0: now, what will the upcoming selection camp look like?
1: Well, it's going to be a whirlwind camp. we got the players are coming in on the 9th, on, the on Thursday. Uh, there'll be two practices. Uh, and then uh, the, there'll be a game against the U Sports uh, uh, team on the 11th and on the, again on the 12th. And uh, we'll be down to numbers the night of the 12th. So we'll go from 35 players down to a roster of 25. Uh, and then we'll start our team building and our tournament preparation. We'll play uh, three exhibition games in uh, Red Deer, Alberta, uh, before finally uh, making the trip to Edmonton, uh, where we'll be, uh, of course, playing the remainder of the tournament in the, the Rogers center. So it's going to be quick. The period of evaluation is, uh, just a couple days. So players will have to be at their best.
0: Now I want to tell us what your, the setup is going to be in the world juniors.
1: Well, the setup is, um, we're of course, in a, a pool, um, that we based out of Edmonton. There's a, a another pool that we based out of Red Gear, Alberta, but essentially we're in a protective bubble. So uh, once our team is selected and, and, you know, we enter that protective environment, we'll be either at the hotel in, in Edmonton or at the rink. Uh, and there'll be no uh, uh, interaction with fans or family members. So it'll be a similar protective environment that there was at last year's World Juniors, only this time there'll be fans in the stands. There are some challenges there, but not unique to us. Every team in the tournament will be under the same protocols um but it is uh it is a unique tournament again
0: now what are some things that you guys are implementing into your players to kind of well you will be to get past those times without seeing failing
1: well i think a lot of uh communication of course the players will be able to, to contact them through zoom and and you know using different uh technology um but we'll have a number of team events planned we have uh of course uh uh hockey canada staff who have you know, different team building, mental preparation exercises, of course, the team practices and the games that are taking place, uh, which are the the, the main event. Uh, but we'll have lots of stuff planned to keep the players busy. And then they'll have lots of time to communicate with their families, especially during the Christmas period.
0: Now, how will yourself and Dave Cameron translate your success from the CHL up to the international level?
1: Well, I think, you know, the number one thing is player selection. And I think that Hockey Canada does a great do- great job of identifying players from across the country. I think once those players, you know, make it through that evaluation period and our team is is down to that number of 25, we'll turn them over the, to Dave Cameron and the coaching staff. And that's when, you know, they'll implement the systems and the different team play, um, you know, for, for the tournament. So I think Dave's experience, both in the CHL, the NHL, Europe, and now, uh, you know, at the World Junior Tournament, uh, you know, I think that, that wealth of experience is going to translate well, not only, you know, utilizing the experience of the, of the coaching staff, but um, we'll be able to help the players along the way.
0: Now from being in the program in the past, what's one mistake that you guys tend to commonly make when doing the selection process that you'd like to correct this time?
1: Well, I think the number one thing for us this year is you got to be open-minded. You know, we've, uh, uh, we've got a number of players um, that play different styles Uh, And, you know, provide the coaches with the opportunity to build, um, you know, a team that can win in a variety of different ways. So those players have proven themselves in their league, they, uh, uh, you know, the scouting staff across the country has done a great job of, uh, you know, presenting different scenarios and, uh, you know, and working with the coaching staff for what type of team they're trying to build. And so once those players come to camp, we've got to be open minded and, and, you know, really uh, allow the players to show their stuff. And the coaches have, a, you know, a lot of say into, uh, you know, what players are going to make that final roster.
0: Now with the different styles, bring them together. Will that be a part of the key to success?
1: Well, I think so. I think that Lucas, one of the, one of the keys here is we've emphasized all along is it's not an all-star team. You know, it's not a, uh, it's not the Harlem Globetrotters. It's a team that's going to, uh, you know, we're going to play big, heavy opponents. Uh, in this tournament, and every every country is trying to win, and every country has excellent players. So, uh, we got to be prepared to play against a big, heavy opponent. We got to be prepared to play against a skilled opponent. We need to be able to uh, win the specialty team game. So, uh, like I said, we're building a team that can win in a variety of different ways because we're going to see a variety of different styles. So that's what we want to do: is give the coaches the utmost flexibility to choose a team that's going to give our uh, give us the best chance to win.
0: So, in your career, you coach for numerous years, and why did you kind of choose to change up to GM?
1: Well, I think that uh, I'm really passionate about the team building and the scouting and player development um, you know part of uh, hockey and I think I really enjoyed coaching, but I felt that I was at a period where you couldn't couldn't do both you know, as just a young family and uh, yeah and uh, I really decided I'm going to focus my efforts on uh, on the general manager side and, and putting the you know best team on the ice for the coaching staff. So that's something I've really enjoyed. I really enjoyed focusing on that and, you know, pro- supporting the coaches and providing with technologies and, and, you know, uh, communicating on what type of players we're looking for in the draft and assembling the scouts and giving them the direction. I really enjoy that part of the game. So I like coaching, but uh, I'm very happy with uh, my current role. Now,
0: how do you translate your coaching experience into your general manager's role?
1: Well, I like to think that I, I, you know, I, I have a different perspective than, than some where, you know, having stood behind a bench, as an assistant coach as a head coach, uh, that I can, you know, I, I, have an idea of what's going on in the, uh, behind the bench and, you know, I, again, it's supporting the coaches and getting their feedback and making sure that we're working in tandem or hand in glove, uh, so that the players can maximize their talents. So I, I. I know what coaches are thinking and I know that uh, sometimes we have to nudge each other. Sometimes the coach has to nudge me to focus on the here and now, and I need to nudge them to focus on the future, but it's that uh, healthy uh, dialogue that, you know, creates a good balance for our team.
0: For sure. So seeing Marco Rossi and Jacqueline playing their careers in Ottawa, how special was that for you?
1: It was pretty neat. You know, the, the, uh, of course, Marco Rossi was a CHL player of the year and led to Ontario Hockey League in scoring. Jack Quinn. Uh, uh, The one thing, Jack Quinn, of course, leading the American League in scoring right now. I think, or was last week. Yeah, two exceptional players. But the one thing that really, you know, really a lot, a lot of people don't understand is they didn't play together. You know, they played on separate lines. So yeah. we had kind of uh, two uh, phenomenal players uh, uh, playing on two separate lines. This really gave our our team a lot of depth. But our power play was deadly, that's for sure. Uh, and Rossi, of oh, course. Yeah, Rossi, of course, more of a puck distributor and setup Guy and Quinn, just a pure shooter. So uh, like the, uh, uh, you know, Adam Oates and Brett Hall uh, tandem that hockey fans would recognize, they just uh, seem to have a chemistry together on the power play, but uh, we're equally uh, dangerous when uh, playing a part. So it was special and the fans in Ottawa loved it. We were, uh, uh, it was an entertaining team for sure. So
0: be able to shoot the puck, put points in is one thing but there's a difference at hockey. Now, why do you think those guys went eight and nine in the NHL draft?
1: I think the attention to detail in their defensive game, you know, I think that you look at a player like Marco Rossi, uh, you know, he not only was he leading scorer in the league, but at the time the pandemic shut down our league, he was on track to become the all time uh, plus minus leader in the history of the league. So he was going to be plus 90 or something, something along those lines. So not only, and, and Jack Quinn is similar, very high plus minus numbers. So not only do these guys put the puck in the net, but they're some of the better def- defensive players, not only in on our team, but in the league. And that's why they're so coveted by uh, NHL clubs and both went in the top 10.
0: What's one thing you see guys making the mistake trying to transition into junior?
1: Well, the one thing I, I the one piece of advice I have for all young players is don't compare yourself to your peers. you know when they come into the league there's a tendency to compare themselves to their buddy johnny who's playing on you know uh a team x over here well you know you you can't make that comparison because the junior teams for the first time playing outside their age group are in all different stages of development some teams are you know younger players are getting more ice time some teams uh you know have a skew towards a an older team so the key here is to focus on getting better every day and working on their personal development and making sure they're communicating with the coaches and putting in the extra work in the gym and on the ice. And if that occurs, then they'll have the best chance to uh, to earn ice time when the opportunity presents itself.
0: As you mentioned, being a general manager, you're into more of the direct scouting. What's kind of an OHO draft like for you?
1: Yeah, we're, we're looking for, you know, we, we, have a, we have a big territory here with a lot of hockey players in Ontario and Michigan, a state in New York, New Jersey, Ohio right down into Florida. So we got a vast uh, area. The first thing we're looking for is competitive players. You know, we want players that, that are competing for pucks, that try hard every game, and they're looking to uh, uh, they're looking to make a difference for their team. And a big part of that is consistency. You know, we're not out every night watching the same teams. You know, we may see a team six or seven times over the course of the year. So the players, you know, who, who don't bring their best effort every night are quickly... Uh, eliminated from the process but once we've identified those players, then we look at their skill set, we look at uh, room for development down the road. Uh, we take all those factors into uh, consideration and we're narrowing down we want you know good players who are good student athletes and are focused on their schooling and, and players that are looking to, to better themselves in a competitive environment. And so we try to meet with as many players that we're going to draft as possible. It's not always the case, but we want to make sure for those players the expectations are clear as well. You know, if you're going to be a member of the of the OHL or the Ottawa 67s that you're expected to, you know, put in your best effort in the classroom and, it, and it, at the rink. So, um, you know, we share that with the with the players and then, of course, it's a draft. It's not a free agency. So throughout yeah. the draft, we need to identify our team needs and it's a delicate balance there. Our team needs best player uh, versus position and we work the scouting staff to come up with a strategy and then we execute that strategy during the draft and hopefully we get some of our favorite players.
0: Now, could you explain to the listeners how kind of your draft list works and how on draft day narrowing through to get the players?
1: Yep. Well, all the work is done before the draft. So we will have our list refined, you know, in the weeks heading into the draft. So that on draft day, we've nailed it down and uh, we'll have the players rank, you know, one through, let's say, 100 um, based on their ability and, and uh, you know, the consensus of our scouts. And then we'll draft off the list. Um, you know, taking the next pick, unless it becomes position specific, and by that I mean if we've drafted four forwards in the first four rounds, we might look to take a defenseman in the fifth, uh, just for some balance there. But apart from those minor adjustments in the draft, uh, all the homework is done. Draft is the draft day is a fun day for the scouts to, again, try to try to nail as many of those players that they uh, uh, they really like on draft day.
0: What are some mistakes that you see your team doing on, let's say you move up for a player, but like kind of being out of play on your list, what are some mistakes you have the tendency to do?
1: Yeah, I think sometimes, um, you know, if you have players who maybe don't have a great attitude and you think that, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to change their attitude or, um, you know, that you're, you're, you're smarter than other teams, uh, often identifying players. I think that's where you get into, where you get into trouble. Another thing is when you towards the draft, you start to change your list because of the excitement of the draft and and listening to other people's opinions. And really, once that final game of hockey is played, uh, you know, in the season, the evaluation period is over. So once we, you know, we work to establish our list, there's really no need to go back and reevaluate and and change our list if there's no hockey being played. So I think you can tinker a little bit too much with your draft list, moving people around. I think you got to trust your scouts. And uh, once that list has been finalized, then it's time to start contacting players and, you know, promoting your team and and then, you know, enjoy the excitement of draft day.
0: Now, finally, I want, I want to touch on your assistant coach with the Belleville Bulls from 9-9 to '04. 4 Emotional story, but Jake Gilmore was one of those guys throughout your career in Belleville. What was it like coaching Jake?
1: Well, I'll describe uh, Jake was a you know, a big, larger than life guy. And he was an extremely tough player, uh, but a really nice, really nice person. Uh, Our assistant trainer, Chris Rutledge had a big wood stove in his basement. So the one day, uh, Red asked some players to come over to help try to help move this wood stove out of the basement. He was getting rid of it. So it was a big cast iron thing. So to go up the stairs, it was cumbersome and, you know, players were kind of in each other's way, but Jake was there at the bottom, uh, finally the frustration mounted and Jake said, you know, he announced out of the way and he lifted this wood stove from the bottom all the way up the stairs and to the top. And I don't know how much it weighed, but it was, it was, it was a feat of strength, like, like I've never seen, but that was kind of classic Jake was, there was a difficult job to be done. And he was the first one to offer his uh, uh, offer to help out. And then he completed the job. So that's one thing that sticks out. And it really, you know, he's, he's a, he was a gentle, uh, gentle giant, um, and uh, gone far too soon, but uh, what a, a great character.
0: Now, do you have a favorite Jake fight that you'd like to tell to the
1: listeners? <laughs> no, there was a lot of them, but uh, I think you know the the thing that sticks out about Jake was just you know he was always smiling and always joking, and uh, sometimes those guys that are the uh, uh, the toughest players uh, have the biggest hearts.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thanks
1: very much, Lucas. Pleasure.
0: Hope you all enjoyed another great episode. James was a great interviewee as he didn't lack any detail. I hope you all enjoyed that, and we'll be back next time on Hockey with for episode 17.